Hello and welcome to Where's the Exit, the podcast for tech entrepreneurs who are trying to leverage their IP to maximise their exit valuation. I'm your host, Steve Blake, and I'm joined today by Jane Gelsworthy. Welcome to the show, Jane. Afternoon, Steve. <laughs> and uh, people that are listening to the show and perhaps don't know uh, who you are and what you're about, then uh, who are you and what you're about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so I, I, I lead a, a company called Oxford Innovation Advice, and uh, we provide mainly publicly funded support to um, small businesses, to startups, entrepreneurs, to help them innovate, scale and grow their, their business. Um, we've got two sister companies, one called Oxford Innovation Space that runs uh, innovation centres across yeah. the, the country, um, and a second sister company called Oxford Innovation Finance that uh, runs an angel investor network and also manages a small investment fund that, that invests in early stage businesses. Right. Okay. And so you've been around sort of SME, tech SME support for quite a long time. And I think you kind of, you design support services that you probably, you know, administer yourselves at um, Oxford Innovation Advice, because that's quite mm. a recent change, isn't it? I say quite recently, it was sort of like. Uh, yeah, it was about, it was about a year ago that we sort yeah. of uh, refreshed the branding of, of Oxford yeah. Innovation. Um but you, you've also been involved sort of shaping policy a bit. I mean, whether you shape it, comment on it, I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess fundamentally we deliver business support programmes, but those programmes are funded by the public sector and they're right. funded by policymakers. And I, I feel, you know, very, very strongly that um, those it's public funds it's going in to support small businesses it should be delivering a really great service for those for yeah. those businesses and doing the things that the funders want around delivering you know economic impact in in, in sort of local local areas and so i'm always keen to make sure that policymakers and funders are aware of you know what good looks like you know so yeah. the things that work and also the things that that don't work because a lot of them don't get that close to small businesses yeah and that's actually a perfect uh segue into because i really want to talk about what good looks like from from your point of view someone who's been around it and you know the podcast is going out and is aimed at tech entrepreneurs and these people mm -hmm. are sort of starting and trying to grow businesses and I'm quite sure that there's a lot of support out there that is all well-meaning um, in that mm -hmm. it's sort of aimed at achieving a certain thing. But accessing it can sometimes be be a challenge, I think. And maybe yeah. we'll get into that um, later. But what, from your point of view, and maybe we, we could start with a startup. What, what does good look like for a startup uh, in the tech space in terms of the support that, that should be offered by government-funded initiatives? Um, I, I guess, you know, pr probably three main areas in that a start a, a sort of tech startup, you know, they need to make sure they've got a, a good, a good business plan, yeah. a good strategy, you know, that they're the business model that they're proposing to use makes sense, they understand the market that they're entering into. So all those sorts of things are around, you know, good, good business advice you know, can can help a, a tech entrepreneur with with getting all those all those things right. Um the the other thing 
that those those sorts of businesses often need is is help around innovating. So that might be okay. around um, developing a demonstrator um, yeah. or testing the feasibility of the of, of the tech that they're that that they're they're developing. So support around that sort of commercialization of, of technology right. developing sort of product service development and then probably the third area is external finance because pretty much any ambitious company that's developing tech is is either going to need incredibly deep pockets or is going to yeah. need to be able to tap into the uh, you know bring external finance into into the company so I would say support to grow, to innovate, and to and to bring in finance. Probably the three key areas. And do you think that sort of? I mean, because you know, grant funding um, is if that's what we're talking about when we're talking about bringing in finance. Businesses that I talk to have there's quite a mixed response to grant funding in general. Actually, um, in that some people think it's a waste of time. I genuinely think that engaging with it is just more effort than mm. it's than it's worth. And I don't know, I don't know what you think about that as just a, a, a general view, whether it's something you've heard of before as well. I, I guess when I was talking about finance, I was thinking primarily around commercial um, finance. Right. But, but I think in terms of grants, I think um, there's a huge variety out there. Some are really yeah. small, yeah. some are quite big. Uh, some have quite simple application processes and good success rates. Some yeah. you have to invest a huge amount of effort in developing a proposal, and then yeah. the success rates are, are really are really low. So I think I think the key thing for businesses is to be really clear on what they want to do as yeah. a business, and then see if there is a grant that matches what they what they want to do, what they need to do anyway. I yeah. think the, the the danger is some companies, uh, you know, they maybe start off with one or two grants and then they then they sort of become grant chasers, really, yeah. and they end up doing what the grant funding will support them to do rather yeah. than doing the things that they really need to do to 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 grow their business. Yeah, it can kind of skew the the objectives of the business can't it the objective mm -hmm. can be to obtain or it can become at least partly to obtain more grant funding yeah. rather than actually to make the success of the business or, or to provide something of use to the market yeah. yeah um on the so if we i mean we can come to the finance the finance bit um in a while anyway because I, I mean i think that's a really important part of it but on the if we work through those then those three areas and business planning support I mean, are we talking there about sort of real fundamentals? Um, is that the the role of government in this to make sure that everybody can tick some basic boxes? Because there's a part of me that kind of thinks if you're going to start a business and you're not looking at how to write a plan, and is that something you come across very often that the businesses are sort of struggling? Yeah. Really? Uh, well, so what what's what's really interesting, and this is this is possibly less with startups. Yeah. But there are a lot, and I reckon it's probably about 50% of established small businesses that don't have a business plan. Really? And, and so the, the, the challenge for them is that they are, you know, they've got a business which is making stuff and selling stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they are really, really busy doing that all day long yeah. and dealing with 
you know, the machine that's broken down or the uh, courier that hasn't come to collect an order or, you know, the staff member that's off sick or, you know, all. So they're dealing with all those day to day issues and, and they don't, they're not able to make the time for themselves to sort of step back and say, well, you know, what am I, what am I actually trying to achieve with the business? What are my priorities? What are the things that I should be creating a bit of space um, to, to focus on? Yeah. So there's, there's actually quite a lot of businesses that don't have a business plan. Yeah, I can see that in the in a bigger in the almost a bigger business. If you're going to start a business, then you'd you'd obviously spend the time to sort of think a bit about that, even if you didn't do it in a formalized way. But yeah, although a, a number of I mean, again, one of the challenges with with tech businesses is they they do tend to start off with a product idea. Yeah. And and so they they've got a piece of technology which they're commercialising into a into a product, and so their focus is very much on that sort of tech development, that creating that product, and and then quite often the sort of broader commercial business things are yeah. um, perhaps something that they they don't pay too much a, a, attention to, and you know as you all know that the success of any startup is it's got to be able to move beyond that first product yeah yeah and also that first product actually has to have some value to the market I mean that that's the that's the other <laughs> thing and I've, you, you do see it and actually I'm reading a really good book at the minute that talks about exactly this um and you know you spend all that time developing something getting a prototype getting it working and then you find out that actually you know, nobody really wants to buy it and and I guess that's part of what you're talking about is that when the the focus is if the focus is in head I, I, I use I talk about head down and head up mm-hmm. your head is down because it's necessary to be that way you know you're dealing with all these different things that are flying at you from all angles and mm-hmm. and that even as a you know somebody who owns a, a service-based business I I get that sometimes but I try you have to try and carve out that time to lift yeah. your head and think about the the wider things and so getting some business planning strategy and market analysis sort of support and that is available is it I mean we'll come on to this in a, in sort of hopefully the second half but that's available through the, the through government funded programs um there's a there's a program at the moment which is called um help to grow right. and that's delivered by business schools um, across England it's a eight or nine week program I think it's quite a structured program um, right. so it takes business leaders through the sort of dis- different aspects uh, of, of, of business planning um, and it also gives them some um, some one-to-one support from a from a business mentor okay um, and that's that's mainly government funded that the the the, the, uh, the the SME needs to make a contribution but it's sort of a small proportion of the overall cost all right um and you mentioned um help innovating which at first sort of surprised me because you would think that sort of you know tech startup innovation would be at the heart of what they do but i think my understanding of what you said sort of changed a bit as you started to talk about it which is that actually it's about it's not about the innovation in the creation of a new idea or new tech mm. or anything like that it's actually about okay how do we make that a reality? And it's sort of, um, I guess, the difference between invention and and innovation. Yeah, yeah, a- a- absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a company that we've been working with, and they, uh, I mean, I guess their invention is a 
is a material which can be used as a film, which, which yeah. kills kills viruses. Okay. The product that they put that into is a um, is a piece of kit that goes in a railway carriage um, that that then obviously cleans the air, kills kills this. the viruses in the air. Yeah. Um, so it, it's quite a long way from inventing the the film that that yeah. has the, the the sort of special virus killing properties to um, you know the the product that it goes within. And then also working out how you're going to manufacture that product yeah. as well, because you know you can you can lash up something in the lab and sort of you know convince yourself that it works, but if you're going to sell it, you've got to know that you can manufacture yeah. it. You know? And I think I read, um, I'm sure you read it. Is it Matt Ridley's book, um, How Innovation Works? Have you have you seen mm-hmm. that book? And he he met, that was the first time I'd heard that distinction between invention and innovation. Innovation being the you know, making an invention into something of commercial yeah. use and use yeah. to the to the world, basically. Um, and and, and we we've, we've um, the universities in the UK have been have been very good at sort of trying to stamp their fingerprints all over all over innovation yeah. and sort of claim it as their as their territory. But a, a lot of what they do is invention, invention, not and, innovation. And yeah. it's you know, it's businesses that really do innovation and that bring convert these sort of inventions into products and services that, that people like you and I. Buy. Yeah. And it's and it's an interesting conversation about over over which of those is the harder um part of the of the the whole thing if you if you like. Is it I mean ideas can be quite easy to come up with, but actually creating something that is commercially useful involves a whole load of legwork. Um, yeah, and, and lots of different skills. Yeah, as, as well. I think there's there's some um, some stats that I've seen that says that you know the invention piece is about ten percent of the overall cost, and then the yeah. innovation bit is is ninety percent of the of the cost. And most tech startups start from invention, right? So the the person leading it is probably an inventor rather than an innovator if we're going to extend uh, the analogy uh, yes yeah, some <clears> of them although you know quite a lot of tech uh, startups are started by people that spin out of larger companies yeah. you know so they're quite often people yeah. who have a really good understanding of the of the problem that needs solving and they've yeah. maybe got a bit frustrated that their the big company that they were working for wasn't interested in in solving it and so they've sort yeah. of gone off on their own to to start a business yeah and i get but i guess from universities it probably is that the other way around where um, then yeah. you're looking at academics who, who are pure inventors i suppose in i don't mm-hmm. want to you know make too broad a generalization but um probably pure inventors and then trying to learn all of those skills and get the support on how you can then innovate is is, is a big challenge i guess for them but again that's available is it that support in the in the package that the government sort of puts out and it's from um, there is there's a um, there's a, a scheme that uh, innovate uk run which is called innovate uk edge yeah and that provides um a, a quite a variety of different um support under that banner to um to innovative businesses um so some of that is is, is one-to-one advice, business advice. Yeah. Um, there's also links to go on uh, global um, 
missions you know so uh, okay, yeah. they take companies to visit other they might take for example a group of ai of british ai companies yeah to meet with um their counterparts in korea so okay. that you're learning about the korean market and also making international links so there's that sort of international um uh, angle and and that scheme also helps businesses get ready to raise external finance uh, and and also has some a small number of grants to help with uh, with managing intellectual property as well yeah yeah and we can talk about that in a bit um but also now you mentioned uk innovate edge the naming of these um things um it often adds confusion, I think, in the mm-hmm. mind, certainly in my mind, and I'm sort of, I'm peripheral to it. I'm not sort of engaging with them in a direct way, The all of these initiatives. Mm. But I do find that it kind of, um, it is confusing to begin with, and I think we're probably going to end up talking about that. Um, and then on top of that, it seems to change and be rebranded and and there's a different focus and all of these things. And it happens at a, at a rate that makes it hard mm-hmm. to stay on top of what was already a quote. Yeah picture um and maybe we can uh, get your views on that um as well and, and uk innovate edge just sort of reminded me that i don't even know what that that means i've seen it a few times but i, I honestly i'm sh- it looks like an acronym edge uh no i think i think it's just a name so there was, oh, there, right. was a, there was a scheme previously which was called enterprise europe network which you know in itself is not a very helpful <laughs> name um <laughs> And uh, that scheme has changed. And in the UK, um, it's now Innovate UK that is delivering sort of the next um, iteration of that support. And uh, I think they, I don't know quite how they came up with, they probably got some marketing agency and came up with the name Edge. And the idea is that it's giving businesses the edge. Yeah. The rationale behind it. But yeah, I, I guess, but it's hard then for me anyway to understand what that what that means in terms of the support that can be accessed. And it's sort of, I mean, you, you couldn't think of a name in fairness to them. I get, you couldn't get a name that would get across all of what they do, I'm sure. But um, it's more the changing picture, I think. It just makes it sort of... Yeah, pretty- I think, I think um, so my, my personal frustration is that many of these schemes are funded for typically for three years. Yeah. And um, and when that funding ends, there will be a new scheme. And even if it's pretty similar to the old one, it will have a new name and it yeah. will have new branding. And I think, um, you know, it would be far simpler for SMEs if the if the brand stayed, the branding stayed the same, even if the you know there were sort of small tweaks to the support that's available. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's sort of. And as I say, even as somebody who's, you know, peripheral, but reasonably sort of engaged with it, it's really, really difficult to understand Mm. what the hell is going on. And people ask me about it as well. Businesses kind of ask and they say, you know, what? And I (laughs) I just go, hands up. I haven't got got a clue. I usually give them your name. I don't know if they need to call you, but. (laughs) So, so, I mean, and again, I I don't necessarily think this is the, this is the right, right way, but the. The government funded um, things called growth hubs. Um, yeah. When did they set them up? About six or seven years ago. And the idea was that there would be one in each area. 
and um, and that would that should be your first port of call. So if you were a business and you wanted some help, you didn't right. know what was available. The idea would be that you would you would phone up your local growth hub, and they would yeah. say, you know, there's this, 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 and the other. Um, unfortunately, in, in, in terms of setting up those growth hubs, um, they've gone down hugely different routes in terms of how they've chosen to name themselves. So some of them. So rather than it being really simple, like Oxfordshire Growth Hub, yes. Lincolnshire Growth Hub, some of them have given themselves, you know, business gateway. Um, uh, there was one that was called Velocity. Um, you know, so so it, it's not even so getting a message out that there is a thing locally called a growth hub that you can then becomes quite difficult because of all these, you know, this multitude yeah. of different branding. I mean, I was I was going to move on to the third one, which was sort of like finance and actually talk about about that, what good looks like there. But actually, we've kind of strayed into a, a different area. But I think it's it's quite interesting because I think that that confusion actually hampers engagement, obviously, because people, you know, firstly, because people can't work it out. Yeah. And secondly, people just end up sort of saying, well, look, let's just crack on and we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get on with it. And And that is kind of. I feel, and I've got nothing to support this except my own sort of, you know, anecdotal sort of conversations mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think that you, there's a view that ends up coming about that businesses that are strong and good don't need to engage with this. Mm-hmm. because it's, and, it, and so it ends up, there's a feeling out there that I come across that, that sort of a business kind of feels like um, it's only poor businesses that bother with mm. this type of thing because they're looking for government handouts and that type of thing and I think part of that is because it's difficult to understand and it's difficult to engage with and as we've already alluded to you end up making it a big part of what you do is is it has to be a big part of what you do has to be how do you engage with this this system um and so it ends up becoming kind of what you do and I don't know do you do you come across those attitudes or uh, well so so i mean the the reason government funds this type of support is because there is a there is a market failure so if 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 the market right. was working perfectly and small businesses were doing all the things that are good for them left to their own devices then then there should be no need for 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 government to intervene in yeah. in the market um I, I think, um, and, and obviously, if there are, if there is, if there's commercial provision mm-hmm. in the market, the, the the public sector shouldn't shouldn't be trying to distort that market. So what's by, the market in in that sort of in that what we're talking about there? How do you define the market in in that? Well, so if you, if you take if you take business advice, for example, yeah. um, there's there's lots of there's lots of evidence that says small businesses don't tend to take on external advice you know they'll pay for an accountant to do their accounts yeah but they're they're not willing to pay for a business advisor or a business coach to come in and help them improve their business right and part of the reason for that is because how do you find somebody that's really good and somebody that you trust yeah trust is a big deal part of the problem is that how do you know that you're going to get value for money because yeah. you don't really know what you're going to what you're going to get until you've until you've got it, and for all those sorts of reasons, and and it may be that it's it's too expensive as yeah. well. 
Um, so for all those reasons, small businesses don't tend to buy in in advice at sort of commercial market market rates. So yeah. the reason the government intervenes is because it thinks small businesses actually would benefit from this yeah. advice. And so they're trying to make it affordable and accessible for them. Yeah. So affordable. Does that mean that it's free? Um, it, it, it varies from, from scheme to scheme. Um, and, and I think um, Help to Grow, which, which I mentioned previously, there the companies are expected to pay... Uh, I think the whole package of support is valued at seven and a half thousand pounds, and the companies are expected to pay ten percent of that. Okay. Um, and then there was the growth ex- accelerator scheme a few years back. There, the companies paid uh, a, a fee, and that fee was determined by their size. So, if you were a micro business, you paid less than if you were a small business, and again, less if you were a medium-sized okay. um, business. But isn't the trust issue the trust issue is still there i mean i think that's what i think that's the biggest one because i think that that is that is pervasive across all services delivered to all all businesses you kind of you need to trust that the advice that you're getting mm-hmm. is good quality and is actually going to help you and whether or not you're paying for it you're still sort of you're investing time in it still aren't you yeah yeah it might not be actual money but still it's kind of it's it's time and effort now how do you know that what you're going to get is is, mm-hmm. is going to be worth that time and effort that's what one thing and then there's kind of like i don't know there's there's a school of thought out there that free advice is not actually a, a positive because it it ends up sort of uh, devaluing the advice that you're getting right so you actually are less that the the thinking is, and this is in the service sector, who obviously, mm-hmm. you know, have <laughs> got a vested interest in people not getting free advice. But um, in the service sector, there's a, a feeling that if you get free advice, you're less likely to act on it um, because you've not had to invest anything in it. So it doesn't hold any value to you. And so you kind of don't follow yeah. through with it. That's the kind of kind of the feeling. Um, I, I guess to, to use the example of, of, of intellectual property, with the um, and I think the same goes for you know, financial advice, legal advice as well. Yeah. Um, publicly funded business advice is not looking to is not looking to replicate that. What what it's looking to do is to is to be able to advise a business when they need to go and get professional okay. advice and to be able to explain to them. You know, you really need to go and talk to a patent attorney or a solicitor or yeah. an accountant because you have this this problem and it's yeah. one which requires specialist help. Um, so they're not they're not trying to replace the private sector, but actually it's in part trying to encourage all the businesses to yeah. to use that by. Um, I mean, I think and you you'll know this that. Um, you know, small businesses are quite wary of professional services companies mm-hmm. selling them stuff that they don't actually actually need. Yeah, because the thing is that you can start and run and grow a very successful business without ever doing it. It's possible to do that without ever getting any um, external advice like that. It's possible to do it. And so there's always that question, I think, in people's minds of, you know, do I really need this mm-hmm. or is this something and then when it ends up costing quite a lot for a small business that where they're trying to 
juggle sort of finances on lots of different mm-hmm. things, then it's kind of like, that's a, I might need it, but I definitely need this thing over here. So that's where I'm going to put my resources. And I think those are the decisions mm-hmm. that, that people have to make. I mean, from a, my own point of view, I got, a even though it's just a, a small business, I got a business coach right from the off, um, mm-hmm. somebody that, and apart from anything else, it does what we were talking about earlier. And it, for that time when I'm with them, mm-hmm. um, it's the time when my head is not down, but it's up. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. they, it's not like that person is giving me practical things to do necessarily all the time. It's just mm-hmm. that it's a place where I talk about the things that are, are problems for me. Mm-hmm. And even that on its own often allows me to get to a, a resolution mm-hmm. of it, you know, so it's yeah. a, Often it's not about the advice; it's just about the sort of the time and the focus. So yeah. And how how did you find your business coach? Well, I was part of. I think we've spoken about this before in in previous conversations. But I was part of uh, Vistage, which right. is a okay. peer support <laughs> network uh, for sort of business leaders, and it was somebody um, that I met through oh, yeah. that. So so I'd had I'd already I already knew them mm. and I'd worked with them, had a lot of trust. Yeah. in what they were doing and and I, that is the big thing for all services mm-hmm. all sort of no matter whether it's you know business support ip legal accountancy trust is um mm. it's the only metric really because if you trust somebody and you and you are getting good advice then you don't mind forking out because once you get to that point then actually the more you spend on it if it's delivering more value than you're spending then you want to buy it mm-hmm. yeah. and, but it's just the, the the not knowing i guess um okay um so what we said we spoke before and we kind of said it would be good to to actually take a couple of sort of pretend businesses tech businesses maybe at different levels stages of the process and kind of talk about how they might and I think we've touched on some of these bits already but sort of do it in a in a more focused way perhaps is if we take a startup and then maybe a, a scale up as well and think about how they might try to access because I think that that is the really useful stuff here because it's so difficult um or it seems so difficult um how might they access the services that are available um through government funded projects or or whatever it might be so start with a startup just start a new tech or, or maybe it's even before that i want to start a new tech business what what can i what's available to me and what can i go and do um yeah, there's there's not there's not a lot really if okay. you if you if you if you've not actually started a business so you're thinking about starting one so there are there's there's gov.uk website yeah. which has got a load of resources and things like business plan templates uh, and the like on them um, there is uh, Tech Nation runs something called a digital business academy which is um, a sort of online courses about how you run a digital a digital business yeah um, so there are there are things like that um I, I guess the other things which uh there may be around a sort of accelerator programs um right. uh, and there's 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 a number of accelerator programs they tend to be focused on different sectors and different life stages of business so yeah. you know you need to you need to dig around and see if you can find one that's suitable for your for your business but those can be quite good because they'll give you a sort of structured eight week or or, or so sort of 
programme stepping you through each of the aspects of the business that you need to think about and, 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 and plan and plan out. And this is so this is sort of but to access those, you need to have already created the business. Is that is that right? It needs to exist as an entity or is it kind of before before that? Uh, I think there, there are there are some schemes like, for example, the, the Prince's Trust helps people who sort of I think they tend to call them think of them as entrepreneurs. So sort of at the stage where it's just an individual with an, with yeah. an idea rather than a sort of a registered a registered business um okay so if it i mean that seems like that seems like a, a an area where i mean it's difficult i guess how do you provide support to something that's just sort of an idea at the at the moment and how do you but it it's it's strange to me anyway talking just to, to you about it that there's not a focused program there about if you're looking at starting a business come see us and we'll do this yeah, most most of the public funding has tended to focus on businesses that are innovative and 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 have the potential and plans to grow quite rapidly. Right. And 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 that's really just around you know if it's public funding that's going into these into these programs, the funders want to see quite a good return on their investment and they measure return on investment in terms of the growth of the businesses so how much have those businesses grown and put yeah. back into local economies how many jobs have they grown and and you know you get you get quicker returns better value for money with established growing businesses than you do with um you know an individual with yeah a, i can with, see with that idea but does that mean that sort of in those very early stages then you're kind of you're on your own but more than you would be if you're kind of you've been going for like a year or something uh well the the support that's available it 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 varies and we talked about this previously haven't we but yeah. you know there's 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 the, the national programs which tend to be focused on innovative growth exporters um and then there are regional programs and they vary hugely across yeah. the country in terms of the amount of support. So in the southeast, for example, there's very little funding for public support. Right. Other parts of the country, um, there's there's a there's a lot more a lot more funding. And that's that's you know really on the basis of economic need, you know, about wanting to where the government wants to put its investment in growing uh, economies. Okay. So that's local government or or national government. It, lo, lo, local. Yeah. Local yes. They, so the local government kind of thinks if it wants to invest in that type of thing, then and I guess the southeast includes London, does it? Uh, well, in in terms of regional funding for business support, the southeast hasn't received very much. London has received a reasonable uh, yeah. amount, and that and that's because there are. You know, London's a really interesting place, isn't it? Because it's got really wealthy bits, but it's also got really yeah. quite deprived areas as well. Yeah. Okay. So if we're then, so pre-startup, there's not, we're not sort of, um, it doesn't seem, there's not that much, but you mentioned a few bits, but it's not, there's not so much there. It doesn't start to ramp up until we get a bit um, more mature as a business. But after I've started up, I've got an idea and I've, I don't know, maybe I'm spinning out of a university and so the re research has been done and we've kind of done some lab work to to confirm that this is a is a good idea 
what then is there anything that i can get at that stage maybe sort of i don't know from time zero straight after starting it up to sort of one two years in is that how where where might you go then um i i think there are there are some programs which run through universities yeah so, um um and, and there are there are some accelerators and I guess universities, the um you would expect the tech transfer office within the university yeah. to help you quite a lot in terms of advice. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, at what stage do you think that sort of like there's good government support? Where 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 does that come in? And because it doesn't sound I mean, it sounds as though it's sort of like from at the startup level, you're sort of you're not on your own, but in terms of government support, there's sort of it doesn't feel like there's there's a lot there out lot out there for for them. Um, I think in some in some regions there is there is a reasonable yeah, okay. amount for businesses which um, are in the sort of naught naught to three year, um, but it varies it varies hugely from from area to area to area. Yeah. Um, with some areas having you know a decent amount and other areas not having anything. I mean the 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 sweet spot in terms of fun- funding uh, tends to be if you are a business with probably five or more employees, okay. you've got um, you've got a quite innovative piece of tech that you're looking to commercialise, and you are you have the potential to export um, as 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 well. Okay. And so, so that's that's yeah. I mean, that definitely for funders is the is the is the is the is the sweet spot. Those businesses that are looking to grow quite rapidly, they're going to grow because they've got some innovative new product or service. All right. And and that product is likely to be internationally um, sold. Okay. And so then we're actually coming back to the to the third bit that we never talked about of the three sort of areas of sort mm-hmm. of what good looks like that we talked about right at the, at the start. And that's finance. And so who when we talk about finances, are we talking about the government funds that are sort of set up like the business yeah. bank? Well, and, and I think it's interesting if we go back to the point where we were talking about branding, I think the area of finance is is, is actually quite a bit simpler. Right, because okay. because there is the British Business Bank. Yeah. There is um, under that umbrella there are um, startup loans. Um, yeah. So again, that's that's you know that's uh, actually that those if you um, apply for a startup loan and you're successful, you do get a small amount of business support. Um, okay. With, with that around um, you know developing your business plan, um, there are then loan schemes. And then there are also um, equity schemes. Which, okay. Uh, so uh, those tend to be uh, delivered regionally. So there's a there's a Northern Powerhouse Fund, there's a Midland Engine uh, Innovation Fund, but that that ultimately it's it's money from the British Business Bank that they are giving to uh, financiers to to manage on on their their behalf. Right. So it's public money given to and i think mercy mercy do do a mm-hmm. bit of this don't they yeah. I, I, yeah. in fact i'm speaking to someone from mercy in a few days um <laughs> in a different episode but um so it's government money that's given to um to vcs or the like or, or an organization that then administers the delivery of that money mm-hmm. and sort of you have to sort of re- meet certain criteria and then you can you can get the money and it's yeah in there. And and it, and again, because it's public funds, it's not 
it's not trying to uh, replace bank lending or, yeah. or, or, or other equity funding. It is looking to plug the plug the gaps. Yeah. In, okay. in and when you talk about that being equity based, what happens there then? If that's government money and they're they're buying they're buying some equity in the business, is that is that what what happens in terms of giving investment? Uh, I, I think you're. Hmm. I think one of my colleagues would probably feel yeah, uh, no, a lot no more comfortable answering answering this question. But my assumption is that some funds are given to um, a VC firm, yeah, which which they invest and um, they will, and they'll invest in the startup company. They will still be expecting returns, yeah, which they would pass back to the British Business Bank. But they their their criteria for investing will and and the returns that they'll be looking for may well be less than if they were if it was a commercial fund that they were they were managing okay so it seems like we've sort of like we've got in terms of support in terms of advice based support then early stage there's less but as you sort of get to that sweet spot that you mentioned which is the five or more employees good piece of tech export potential mm-hmm. and there's more business support available in terms of advice and helping people get what mm-hmm. they need to achieve that that rapid growth and that export potential but on the finance side it sounds like there's a, a broader more consistent range of things that you can go for that do sort of start go as as, far, as early as sort of startup loans um yeah. that you might sort of get um to allow you to get some get some cash so it sounds like the british business bank is a good place to go to begin with but in terms of advice you're sort of there's not so many options yeah i mean the the british business bank has also got some some quite helpful tools on its on its website sort of explaining the different types of finance and helping companies understand what what would suit them and their needs um and and some yeah some 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 tools as well that you can uh you you can use so it's quite a good um yeah, it's got quite a good place to start. You know, it's just sort of, you know, the conversation, as we've gone through it, it kind of, it just keeps on coming up, doesn't it? This is so, so confused a picture and fragmented as well over regions um, and all of that. It really feels like that's the best place that the government could spend some time and attention on trying to have a bit more consistency, both te- over time in terms mm-hmm. of the branding and the different schemes and things like that, but also geographically and trying to get because i bet scotland is a completely different yes get yeah. the fish again you know, and, so. and wales and yeah wales. and wales yeah that's yeah. that's right so actually sort of the regional devolution is probably causing a bit quite a bit of that in that everyone's got their own ideas about how mm-hmm. this stuff should be done uh, and it makes it harder for businesses to know where to go and actually to share that information between themselves you know because i guess business from Lancashire gets some support and talks to a business in Yorkshire if that actually would happen yeah Lancashire and Yorkshire not the best example but um but you know they, they, they can't help them and sort of give mm-hmm. them and give that that sort of that advice I guess but um yeah so let's maybe finish then with with what if if you're a startup and you and you're sort of thinking right where can I go to get support What's the first thing that you would advise them to do? What would you say? Go and go and do this. Go and speak to this organisation or this person or whatever. Um, 
I, I would suggest that they look on the .gov.uk website, yep. which has got resources and um, a tool that lets you search for different yep. types of support. And I would suggest that they find out who their local growth hub is yep. um, and, and give them a call and Great. ask them what support's available for me in my, in my area. And then if there's somebody um, or a business that is closer to or in that sweet spot that you mentioned, mm. what should they do and where's the best place for them to go? I would have thought that the Innovate UK Edge scheme yeah. would be a would be a, a really pretty good fit. Um, yeah. For, okay. For them. Great. And, and and certainly if you know if it turns out that it isn't a good fit, then the Edge scheme should should then direct Wait. them to yeah more appropriate support. Okay. Well, that's been great. Thanks very much uh, again for coming on the show. Pleasure. <laughs> and. When it comes to sort of, if people have sort of, if this has triggered some thoughts, which I'm sure it will have done, and some questions uh, in people that are listening, where can they come? Where should they go to find out uh, where you are and get in touch with you and uh, and speak to you a bit further on it? Or, uh, link, you know, LinkedIn, I LinkedIn. would say LinkedIn is a good a good well, place. I'm I'm quite active there and and yeah. also quite open to conversations through. That. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah. I mean, you 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 do give quite a lot of good opinions on there as well and you've got a lot to say about sort of the type of support that is and should be available to to mm-hmm. businesses so um so yeah I, I would second that linkedin yeah let's just hope somebody from government's listening <laughs> probably not you know but <laughs> um but yeah that's a try <laughs> they hear well, it's there is whether they hear it or not that's mm-hmm. the that's the thing yeah. isn't it yeah but yeah. um Okay, um, well, to the uh, listeners, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.